are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I hope you keep your kids in church all the time. That song's been moving my heart as he was playing it for the offertory because I grew up on that song. I can hear my parents singing. I can hear it singing in church. And uh, keep your family in the house of God. And then as your family might just say, we don't want church anymore. And they grow away from you. Keep yourself in the house of God. And then when you draw your last breath, you look back that you've been faithful. I don't think when we get to the last day of our journey, we'll be disappointed what we gave in an offering plate. I don't think we'll be disappointed by the Sunday schools and Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. We are at the house of God. Well, if you have your pen or pencil ready, this is somewhat like a class on Wednesday night. Genesis, the book of beginnings. We said that's the book that deals with the letter R, Rune, R-U-I-N. Everything, murder began, sin began, uh, rebellion began, incest began, awful. Exodus to exit means to remove, to go somewhere. Leviticus, which deals with holiness, deals with righteousness. Letter R, righteousness. Genesis is what? Rune, all right? Exodus is to what? Remove, good. And uh, Leviticus is? Righteousness and Deuteronomy's, uh, excuse me, Numbers. Uh, numbers is what it talks about. It's Numbers, so I call it the roll book. I guess nowadays you'd call it a database. But we used to give Sunday school teachers a roll book. Our school teachers had a roll book. And then Deuteronomy, the word Deuteronomy means the words, and I'm kind of kind of pushing it on this one, remarks. Got that one, remarks. And then Joshua, he conquered one city after another. So that's a region. And then Judges was rulers, and Ruth was Ruth. And first and second Samuel was is reign, to reign, R-E-I-G-N, reign. There was three great men, and of course we had the first king in Saul, and then we had King David, and of course Samuel was there. And now we've been in royalty last week and this week. I'll be here next week, of course, in midweek service, but Brother Bertram's going to take First Chronicles. I've got my R already. But he probably can't even figure out an R yet. He's smiling back there. I'm giving you a hard one. You got an R yet? You got it figured out? No, sir. Good. I couldn't figure it out. So I said, hey, why don't you teach next week? Uh, I think we'll be okay, but we'll look forward to that very much. As you look at 2 Kings with me tonight, I'd like you to write down a few things and as we look at this royalty. 2 Kings is a little bit more than 300 years that's before us here where we find these kings. Remember, we saw last week there's the 10 tribes of Israel, and Israel had 10 tribes, and Judah had two tribes. There was a civil 
unrest and a civil war. And so you see now so much of the Old Testament, we have Israel or we have Judah. One day they'll be reunited in the Bible here when we get there. Chapters 1 through 10, and this is what I'd like you to write down so you'll see it right there. Chapters 1 through 10, you got it down? It deals with basically the northern kingdom, the 10 tribes. So if I ask you chapter 1 through 10, what does that deal with? You would tell me what? The northern kingdom. Uh, Let's jump way ahead, get to the latter part of the book. It's chapter 18 through 25 is the southern kingdom. How many tribes in the southern kingdom? Two. And the southern kingdom is called Judah. But in the middle there, chapter 11 through 17, and I'm going to give you a quiz on this in just a minute, are both northern and southern. So let's just take a little quiz real fast here. The northern tribe, uh, northern uh, groups of people, which is called Israel, as chapter one through 10. Uh, Both kingdoms, the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom, are found in chapter 11 through 17. You're doing well. And then the Judah's kingdom is found in chapter 18 through 25, you got it. Let me give you some prophets that were prophesying at the time of these northern kingdoms. If you want to write it down, it would be Jonah and Amos and also Hosea. Those three prophets were prophesying to the northern kingdom, the the 10 tribes, At the same time, we have Judah, their kingdom, and the prophets that prophesied to Judah. If you'll write these down, there are more of them. Obadiah and Joel and Isaiah and Micah. I'll slow down. Obadiah, Joel, Isaiah, Micah, Nahum, N-A-H-U-M. Habakkuk, H-A-B-A-K-K-U-K, Habakkuk, and Zephaniah. So, northern or uh, southern? Let me give you a quiz. You ready? Northern or southern? Jonah. Good. Amos. What'd you say? Northern. Okay, you got it. Uh, Nahum. You're such, you know, you're so smart. You must have a great instructor. That's uh, a reflection, I'm sure. Zephaniah. And so we have the northern for the first part of the book, the southern for the last part, and in between, you have words to both kingdoms. And it's, it's an amazing thing as you read this book. If you remember that, when you get to this book, and I have, I, I should know, it's in our, our bulletin, I'm not on the same Bible reading program, but if, if you, does anybody know where we're supposed to be right now on the Bible reading schedule? What book of the Bible? Is anybody, I, I know a lot of you are doing different things. Does anybody know? Second Kings? 
Are we here right now? Oh, this is great. And uh, don't, don't take that I'm not reading my Bible. I'm, I, I'm just doing it a different way. It's wonderful what, what uh, I'm studying, how I'm studying it. We'll get ch- in chapter two. I just want to remind you as we get to our lesson tonight, chapter two deals with the translation of Elijah. And uh, we're going to see that a little bit tonight. I love the book of 2 Kings. I love reading about Asa. A-S-A. Asa was a good man. I love reading about Jehoshaphat. I love reading about chapter 29, 30, 31, and 32, Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a good man. He had a terrible upbringing with his father. His dad was wicked. His son had such a great opportunity, but his son rejected the faith of his father. It's an amazing thing when you see these kings that did right, how that their sons generally rejected. I, I, I can't tell you that if you keep your children in Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Bible reading, prayer, that you're going to have 100% success. Because a child is going to have to decide. And sometimes that decision is made by their friends. I know some illustrations right now, not in this church, I'm not talking right now. I know of some, I can tell you right now, that that some friends are leading this individual who was raised in a perfect home, a perfect mother, really, a perfect father, a perfect church. But the friends are leading them away. We, we've watched it, and this year has been very unusual at our college, not having to remove students, but we normally have to. Sometimes a mother and a father will raise up a son or a daughter, family devotions, and they'll send them off to Bible college. And, and then sometimes they get around it because in every environment in life, there's a bad apple. We don't have to put a sign, Pastor, on a student's back and say, bad apple, come with me. They, they just find one another. I don't know how that happens. They just find one another. And I'm gonna say to you teenagers here, when you come to college, choose a friend. You girls, choose a girlfriend, a, a, a roommate or a friend that you know your mother would want you to choose. You boys, you choose a young man when you come to college that you know that your dad and your mother would approve of that boy. And iron sharpeneth iron. And get someone who really loves God. And, and then, you know, some you get through college and then you marry. And all of a sudden, that girl spins the young man's head around. Or that man spins a girl's head around. No assurance that your children are going to be 100%. I can't assure that. But I know our work is never done. The kids don't turn out right. You still have prayer. You beg God. You beg God for your grandkids. Tonight I want to move over to this man, Elisha. And I want you to see a few things here in these few moments we're together tonight about Elisha. And I want you to see that he is a decided man. He, he, he decided. 
life is full of making decisions. You decided tonight to come to church. I, I'm, I'm no different, I, although I, lo- I, it's, it, I love coming to church. I love it. But I must tell you something. After all day, early, early Wednesday morning and all the chapels and the classes and, and all that and the radio and everything that's going on, about 2.30 or 3 in the afternoon, I get so, so tired. I just, I just get, I just, it's every, every day, I just get tired. And then uh, I run home, get cleaned up, ready to come back. And I feel like, I've got like to rest for a few minutes. Have you ever felt that way on a Wednesday night? Or am I the only one? The truth is, for the 99.9% of you, this is the first time you sat still. And if I would talk real quietly like this, I could put you to sleep in just a few minutes. Some of you, I could talk like this and put you to sleep. But we all had to decide tonight, I wanted to come. I, I, want, I didn't know I was going to hear, now I belong to Jesus. But for some reason, that, that just helped me tonight. Those kids singing, that was such a blessing tonight. And hearing you singing and, and responding, and I just, I, I love church. We, we decided to come. Here's a man, Elijah and Elisha. And Elisha is a man we talk about tonight. He made some decisions. Look at chapter 2, verse 1. It came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind. That Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. So the first place we find him is watch the decision. They're in Gilgal. And Elijah... He's the older man that's going to be taken to heaven. Said unto Elisha, his assistant, the younger man, Terry here, stay here. You stay here in Gilgal. I pray thee, I ask you to stay here. For the Lord has sent me to where? Verse 2, chapter 2, verse 2. Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. People criticized them, made fun of them. They said, don't you know they're gonna, your master's gonna be taken away? And he said, yay, verse three, I know it, hold your peace. So they went to Gilgal, from Gilgal to Bethel. And Elijah said, verse four, and Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. He said, as the Lord liveth, as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went to Jericho. Did you notice that Elijah is obeying every time God's telling him to go? So he just obeys. No, no complaint. No, why am I going? But Elisha was so, you stay here. He said, I'm not leaving you, man of God. I'm staying right with you. I'm staying right with you. And so they went from Gilgal to Bethel. And then they came to Jericho. They made fun of him again. Verse six, Elijah said unto him, tarry here, I pray thee. For the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. 
I, I find that he's a decided man. You go to Gilgal, I'm, I'm there. You go to Bethel, to Jericho, to Jordan, I'm there. You know, life is, is really about the decision that I'm going to make a decision to stick. And you make a decision to get married, stick with it. And marriage is the most wonderful thing in all the world. But in marriage, I don't care who you, I don't care. You write the book on how to be the perfect husband or the perfect wife. There is conflict in marriage. He said, well, we don't have it. Then somebody's not talking. There's no such thing. And if you're that type, then that means that, sir, if it's you, then that means you're doing the talking and your little wife is afraid or vice versa. Woman, you're doing the talking and that man's afraid to open his mouth. When, when you are married, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be disagreement. There's going to be differences of opinion. There, there's going to be frustration. Now, hopefully, the older you get and you learn to think like one another and believe like one another and share the same values, they're not as, as regular. But you need to decide, I'm going to stick with that, mate, for better, for worse. I've married so many right here, and I love saying that, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer in sickness and health, to love and to honor, till death do us part. He said, well, I'm not, I'm not happy with her. You made a vow. Uh, but I'm not happy. Well, you made a vow. Well, yeah, but we are married by the justice of the peace, but you made a vow. But he didn't use uh, what God, let, let, let no man put us, I know, but you made a vow. And there has to come a point, and if the marriage, I made a decision, there has to come a point, I made a decision, that's my family. Your kids are your kids. They become a prodigal son or prodigal daughter. That's your kids. You keep living like this, I'm, I won't ever talk to you. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. That's your offspring. That's your child. That's the, that's the one you might be able to bring usher back to God. There, there was a man whose boy left him and took everything, and he wound up in the hog pen eating with the husk, uh, eating the husk with the pigs. You think of that prodigal son's daddy every day. He must have gone to the knoll to look. He never left. He, he didn't go looking for his son. He went praying for his son and begging God to bring his son back. And it, daddy stayed because, son, come back home. Come back home. One day in the distance, he saw him. He ran to his son and he threw his arms around that undoubtedly dirty, mangy boy. And they had a feast. And he said, son, you're my son. Never reject your family. Don't reject your mother, your dad, your brother. Ah, that's my mother-in-law, my father-in-law. I'll never talk to them again. What's wrong with you? That's my dad, that's my mother, that's my wife, that's my son, that's my... The conflict is not this way. There is a conflict this way. Decide. I think we ought to decide on church. You stay around here long enough, I'll guarantee it. You won't like every I that's dotted or every T that's dotted. 
And I'm glad I was raised in a home where they said, we've got a good church, we're not going to mess that thing up. We watched people come and go. We, we watched a couple other churches and towns get built from our church. But mother and dad just stayed. And you just decide that I'm going to stick with God. He, 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 he was a, uh, look at verse, look at verse 12. Elisha saw it and he cried, my father, my father. He looked at that man, he goes, you are an example to me. My dad, my dad. He was going to be taken. And so he was a decided man. He was a desirous man. Do you see it there? Chapter 2, verse 9. It came to pass when the, they were gone over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken from thee. And here's what he's, here's his desire. Elisha said, I pray thee. Let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's the spirit of Elijah. I want twice as much of you on me. I go back to you, and Mother's Day is coming. Most of you in this room are so blessed to have a good, good mother. Young people, you have a mother in your life. Oh, oh, may you get double what your mom is. May, may you desire to be with your mom and learn from your, learn from your mom and listen to your mom and obey your mom or you young men and girls, your dad. He was desiring, I long, I long for you. I, I long to be like you. You say, well, I don't, and this is the big thing, started about 15, 18, 19 years. I don't believe in hero worship. Oh, so you don't like any basketball star. Though they're all heathen, and I know you've got the shoes after them, and, and any hockey st stars, and any football stars, and any all this other stuff. See, we believe in heroes, but just not in church work, and not in authority. We believe in everything else. And, and here he said, I want, I want a double portion of that. I want a double portion of that, that preacher there. He stands for the old time way. That's what I want in my life. The internet is capturing our young men left and right. It's warping, man, I'm talking to you. It's warping your minds and you're, you're buying into all this. That is not, you're taking it from somebody you don't even know. Yeah, but he looks cool. Yeah, but he's empty. And the more they talk, they say, we, we just, we're just, it's the big thing. We're just students of the word. Isn't the word rich? Isn't the, yeah, those are all good words. But how about not just the word, and I'm not discounting the word of God. Preacher, that's his job to live in the word of God. But how about God's work too? And how about God's will too? And how about God's worship? And how about doing it God's way? And finding some Jeremiah 6, 16, I'll get me to the great men. What's that mean? The old men that have known the ways of the Lord. Don't, don't you go follow these young whippersnappers that have never done anything for God. You see, if they got a big church, God will bring the numbers and God will build how he wants to. Upon this rock, I, he said, will build my church. Maybe God wants you to be a 50 people church. 
A man pastoring 50 people could be more of a man of God than a man pastoring 5,000. And a man pastoring, and I've sat in the meetings. I've heard guys preach. And they'll preach, and I've been there. I've been there on Tuesday mornings at preachers' meetings through the years, and they'll say, bless God, you're a, we were running, let's say, 2,000. You're as much of a man of God as some of these guys that run 2,000. I really wonder if they're a man of God. Yeah, I know. God bless you. Thank you. He was desirous. He was decided. He was desirous. He was determined. Look at chapter 2, verse 18. When they came again to him, he tarried at Jericho. And he said unto them, did I not say you go not? And in chapter number, chapter number two, he, he was just so determined. He, verse eight, he picked up the mantle. He picked up the mantle. He was desirous. He was decided. He was determined. I'm going to pick up that mantle, verse number 13. And he took up the mantle the second time you see it in that text. He took up the mantle. Uh, take up the Bible of your old daddy and your old mother, and I don't mean old, disrespectful, elderly parents. Take up the Bible of your pastor. Take up the Bible of your Sunday school teacher. He determined, I want that mantle. He was devoted. Look at verse 11. And it came to pass as they still went on and talked that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and the horses of fire, and they parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind. And Elisha saw it. In chapter, chapter 3, verse 11, Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we inquire of the Lord of him? And, they, and one of the king's Israel's servants answered and said, here is Elisha, watch it, the son of Shephat that poured water on the hands. He was so divided, he poured water on the hands of his leader, Elijah. If you're going to do something for a leader in your life, don't sit on their hands, pour water on their hands. I, I think in Maybe some homes and in some churches, people think it's their ministry. I heard a person one time say, it's my job to keep the pastor humble. It is my job to keep the pastor humble. God says, humble yourself. He, he was such a devoted man. He, he, he was devoted, if you would go and don't take the time, to chapter 19 and 20. He was devoted to his parents. He said, I want to go serve God. I'm going to, but let me go bid my parents goodbye first. There's nothing wrong with that. He loved his parents. And I'm speaking to teenagers here. Maybe as a child, you were like me. I, I, I do remember lying to my mom. She knew it. I, I, I do remember being disobedient. I do remember tattling on my sisters. I do remember getting mad and frustrated. But somewhere along the line, and I can tell you about how old I was, maybe about 10 or 11, 
I always loved my mother and my dad, but I fell in love with my parents. I mean, I literally fell in love with my parents. And I can tell you all through high school, I loved my parents and through college. And you know, when I looked at my mother's face in that coffin and my dad's face in that coffin, I wish I had been better. I don't say it boastful. I didn't have regrets. I called when about every other day, every day, every other day, I called and we couldn't even have a conversation. And it was not enjoyable. He couldn't even talk back to me. And I couldn't understand my dad most of the time. And one time I went to go see him, and he thought I was his doctor, not his son. Those were difficult days, but I, 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 I can tell you, you, you young girls and young boys, don't, don't have regrets with your parents. Don't make your mother stay up at night crying and praying. There's a lot she should pray for, but it's not because you're so mean and ornery. And express your love. And he was so devoted to his parents. I don't have time. We see he was a man of deeds in chapter 6 through 12. All the miracles. He was a man that saw deeds. And then in chapter 13, he's a dying man. And he dies. Chapter 13, 14. He begins in chapter 2. And in chapter 13, he dies. It's just, it's just, a, just a vapor. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.